Sarah, our sponsor Vionic is back today with their Vionic Vitals collection. These shoes are the most essential styles for everyday wear to get us ready for spring, which will be here before we know it. We've already talked about my Uptown Loafers and Willa Slip On Flat and your Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, but this collection also includes the Walk 23 Classic Sneaker. That is that unapologetic dad sneaker style that's so popular right now. And I was just thinking having all four styles would basically be like having a spring capsule wardrobe for your feet. Oh my gosh, that is actually such a genius idea, Megan. I love where you're going with this. You know, high quality shoes are such a classy way to elevate your wardrobe. And the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection really can be worn in your everyday mom life, whether you're running errands or dressing up for an occasion. Yeah, and let's talk about the comfort factor, Sarah. Vionic actually got started by revolutionizing medical orthotics. Today, they continue to use that science to make cute and comfortable shoes that can keep up with our active lifestyles. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 350 of the Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis here with Sarah Powers. Hi, Sarah. Hey, Megan. Hey, have you noticed there's this thing happening called inflation? What? What? It's on my radar a bit. (laughs) It's just a bit. No, seriously, like things are getting much more expensive. Um, Household goods. I was reading an article that said um, most Americans have more money in their pockets than they did pre-pandemic. But like the cost of living is outpacing that extra money we think we have. Mm -hmm. So it creates almost like this latent effect, I think, for a lot of our families where Maybe you don't notice it um, the first couple times you go to the store when prices have gone up, but after a while you're like, wait a second. Yeah. Your trip to Target didn't used to cost this. (laughs) Yeah. It's so funny when like the things that will trigger like, uh, like this is way outside the norm enough for me to really notice. And I think it depends on how you do your shopping and like, like how often you're looking. But Brian came home from the store the other day and he had to go to the little market near our house, which We'll get into money saving techniques and we're going to talk specifically about groceries next week. But like one of the things that I notice is when you run out of something and need it last minute, you almost always spend more. So he had to run out and get butter because Allegra was baking and he went to the little market near our house and he just came over. It was like a it was like a cartoonish grandpa from the old days being like, (laughs) you wouldn't believe the price of butter. But I mean. It's like you, I think to your point, you don't notice it until you do. And then you're like, wait, hold the phone. Then you can't unsee it. And um, packaging sizes are shrinking. I mean, it's really, it can be very sneaky um, if you don't have your budget super dialed in. And even if you do, I mean, the prices are what they are. And sometimes like you just have to work within that reality. So yeah, we're going to put off the kitchen conversation till next week, because that is a whole thing Mm. that like really requires its own episode. Um, So next week's episode will be about kitchen money saving. And this week, we're going to just tackle like every other room in the house and even outside because even your yard costs money. Even your garage costs money to keep up. So there's just a lot going on. There's a lot going on. And I I love this concept of kind of walking through a house room by room. Um, As we were preparing, I was realizing I have lots to say about saving money in certain areas of the house. And then I was getting stuck in other rooms. And I think it, just like anytime we offer our experience in the form of what might sound like advice, just giant grain of salt that especially with budgeting and spending or saving money, like it goes without saying that people's priorities are different. Um, the cost of living where they are or things like whether you live in a very rural area or a very urban area, like one size does not fit all. So um, right. we're just kind of walking through our homes virtually and sharing what we've noticed as ways to either save money or possibly the the inverse of that is where we've noticed the drain on our budgets in each room. Yeah. Well, that and I think, um, you know, it's it's just a fact that sometimes in your life you've got more time than money and sometimes you've got more money than time. And so there might be things that I mentioned today that are are great strategies that I in the past have used, but let like lapse and mm-hmm. need to. And, and just a great reminder for me to dial back in on something like that. Because when I get really busy or overwhelmed or 
when I feel like I'm pretty flush with cash and I want to like let the reins a little loose. These are sometimes just really dumb little areas where I'll start to overspend. And then it's always a great reminder for me to be like, okay, I don't really need to spend more money on this when a tiny little amount of planning or just mm-hmm. knowing things that I maybe didn't know before would help me save money there. So these are all going to be like mind blowing money saving tips. I don't think either one of us are budget masters or mistresses to that degree, but um, just little things and those little things can add up. Yep. Absolutely. I'm excited. Megan, spring is one of our family's busiest seasons with tons of time on the go. There are so many places to be and details to remember. And the last thing I need is the constant irritation of uncomfortable shoes. So today we're talking about the Vionic Vitals collection from our longtime sponsor, Vionic Shoes. These are the best essential shoe styles for everyday wear this season. So Katie on our team is getting ready for warmer weather in Chicagoland with a pair of Vionic's Bella Toe Post sandals. These are Vionic's best-selling flip-flop style, and they have a cute little bow on them. They come in nine great colors, but Katie chose a versatile black patent leather. They're super supportive for her high instep, and they even come in wide sizes, which is a great option. Yeah, the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection are classics that don't really go out of fashion, and because they're such great quality, they're going to last as well, even with daily wear, which mine definitely get. And I love that Vionic offers a 30-day guarantee. Wear them, love them, or return them for a full refund within 30 days. But I have a feeling after those 30 days, our listeners will love their Vionic shoes so much they'll be ready to order another pair. Use code themomhour 15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at Vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. This episode is sponsored by Olive in June. And Sarah, I am just so grateful that I have mastered the art of doing my nails at home. When I look down at my cute manicure, I feel a little more pulled together, no matter how crazy life is at the moment. Thankfully, Olive and June's Manny system makes it so easy and affordable to make Manny time a regular part of my weekly routine. Well, I know the feeling, Megan, and I think it's so fun that with Olive and June, you get to customize your Manny system with your choice of six polishes, plus their top coat is included. So Katie on our team says that she has lately been layering some of their iridescent colors over their gel-like polishes, and the final result looks super shimmery and pretty. I might have to try that this spring. Yeah, and Olive and June press-ons are another cool option. They look so real, and I think it would be a great way to test out another nail shape. A long almond shape is popular right now, and I'm kind of curious what that would look like on me. Okay, well, keep me posted on that one. Listeners, visit oliveandjune.com slash the mom hour for 20% off your first Manny system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash T-H-E-M-O-M-H-O-U-R for 20% off your first Manny system. Okay, Sarah, so let's start with the bedroom. And, you know, we didn't list literally every room in the house because some rooms are a little redundant. Like there's not that much difference between what you do in, you know, the kids' bedrooms and your own bedroom, for example. But in general, when we're talking about bedrooms, we're talking about things like your clothing, your bedding, um, storage, the things like that that mostly get used in bedrooms. And um, I will start on this one. I have really leaned in a lot on TJ Maxx for high quality sheets and other bedding basics because mm-hmm. they've got really good deals. And so like it's it's tempting sometimes to just go to the store that you would usually shop at or go online for those things. But I find that a little bit of that kind of like closeout shopping um, can get you really high quality stuff pretty cheap. You just have to be willing to maybe not get exactly the pattern that you're looking for. Um, and look, you're looking more for like, Hey, I want basic white sheets and I want a 400 count or whatever. Um, just in general, buying fewer clothes and having fewer impulse buys and a more minimalist closet. So this is definitely something that is a work in progress for me. Um, but I have been kind of working steadily at this for the last year or so. And I am seeing some results. Like mostly it's that if I have fewer things to do or to, if I have fewer things hanging in my closet, I have a better um, sense of what I have. So then I don't overbuy like doubles of things. And I think that that kind of leads to the other thing that goes along with that is just to be always like taking inventory before you buy something you think you need. And and the Mm. categories for me where this would be is like underwear, socks, leggings, um, jeans, plain t-shirts. And I'm sure it's very different for everybody. Hoodies, I think for some people, but like anything that you tend to have multiples of can so easily just turn into this like 
blur in your drawer or your closet and you don't even know you have something. And then you're at Target and you think, oh, I'll just hit up that five for twenty five dollar underwear station. And then you get back home and you realize actually you had a laundry basket full of unfolded underwear that you didn't really need those. So (laughs) it's so true. (laughs) Well, I'll just to comment on the clothing thing. I have also noticed that when I really like my clothes and they fit well, I really just want to wear the same four things. So I think sometimes there's a fallacy of continuing to buy uh, aspirational things, either things that we love the look of, but they're not, they either don't fit right or the fabric bugs us or something. So then you end up with quantity, but you're kind of looking, what you're really looking for is like, what's your uniform? I, over the holidays, we didn't, we didn't see that many people outside the family over the holidays, but we went out to dinner once with friends and you know, like dressed up a little bit for family Christmas dinner. And I had a new pair of pants from one of our sponsors. I had a new sweater and I wore the same dressy outfit like four times. And I was so happy. No one cared. I felt good. I did my hair a little different each time I wore like different jewelry. So just a reminder that if you really love the clothing that you have, you probably don't need very much of it. So I don't know. Um, no, that's totally true. And if it's quality stuff that interacts well with other pieces, that's another thing too, right? Like if it's, if it, and I know the pants you're talking about, and I actually have a similar outfit that actually is, uh, there's a cashmere sweater on top that came from another sponsor. And if I pair those things to those two things together, I always feel great. So all, all I need to do is like put a different pair of earrings on Yeah, and there you go. And they're high quality. They feel good on, they look good no matter what. So I just don't, to your point, I don't, I don't need as much. I don't want as much. I'm not as confused about what I have. Yeah. Exactly. And it's beta brand. It's not a secret, but we just, we're being weird because this is not a sponsored mention. Like we just genuinely both wear those pants. And I think goes to show that just liking your clothes means you need fewer of them. And if the goal is saving money, I know for me, I'll just speak for myself personally, when I get into a phase of acquiring a bunch of faster fashion stuff, it's Mm -hmm. not usually good for the bottom line. And I, I don't end up wearing a lot of it. So. And sometimes I end up putting it right into the Goodwill bag with the tags yeah. still on. Like, that's how bad that, <laughs> that like fast fashion acquiring phase can be. Yeah. Cause you're just acquiring it. And then you're like, Oh, what was I thinking? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Well, my one little money saving tip for the bedroom, um, was that I get much joy out of repurposing, um, containers, baskets, even sturdy shoe boxes into space saving drawer and closet organization. Um, I have this employed in my underwear drawer, in my nightstand drawer, on my closet shelves. Um, and it is a great way to, like I said, reuse a nice, like sturdy shoe box that has come through the house, or maybe there's a basket from out in the living area that isn't quite cute enough to be like true decor anymore, but mm-hmm. it's a great like container for socks or beanie hats yeah. or whatever. So Um, before heading out to a a retailer that will sell you really pretty nice matching bins and closet storage ideas, just remember that you have probably some containers within your house, um, that will work really, really well. Um, and, and that can save a bunch of money. Man, I have to say, um, we have had the pleasure of working with, um, some sponsors that have, as they say, jokingly, really good boxes. And (laughs) I have so many of those really good, like, they're beautiful sometimes and they have like interesting closures where they mm-hmm. fold down and tuck. And mm-hmm. Clara, every time I get something, she's like, Ooh, what kind of box is that coming? Yeah. Now, she's a little bit of a box hoarder. So I have to kind of, I have to kind of not let her take every pretty box into her room because then it's just boxes everywhere. But I agree, like those sometimes are as good as what you'd buy. Yeah. And yeah. stuff came in them. Like they're free for you. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Megan, let's move into what we will call the home office. And this is so funny because in pandemic times, even if you didn't think you had a home office, you may have one now. It may be the corner of your dining room or it may be a repurposed kids room. Um, but whether or not you ha- you have an area of your house that you officially consider the office, this is the time to talk about things like office supplies, kids art supplies, technology, printers, printer ink. So regardless of whether we have a dedicated room in our homes, let's talk about the office and what do you have for money saving in the office? Well, I, um, you know, I've talked on the show before about my issues with printers. So this is not only a money saving tip, but also just a sanity saving tip (laughs) because I get so irate when I run out of printer ink. And I know there's probably listeners who have 
scoop on like where to get printer ink really cheap. I don't have that scoop. I'm not someone who has like a great source for that, but I have gotten a lot more, um, a lot more mileage out of those printer cartridges by printing less for one thing. Like, let's just start there. Like if you don't have to print it, think before you print, which by the way, if your printer breaks all the time, you'll just automatically get in the habit of thinking before you print because printing is such a hassle. Um, and then when you do print, print on that econ or grayscale, a lot of, mm -hmm. sometimes you have to go depending on your, what computers um, you're using or if you're printing like from your browser or what you're printing from, it's in a slightly different place sometimes, but you have to like, you can go in and hit like advanced settings and change the way you print. So it could be like a grayscale, which comes out really light um, yep. or economy. Um, and that can save a lot. Uh, lots of times things don't need to be color, even though we like the way they look in mm -hmm. color a lot better. And I would include like kids coloring pages and things like that. Like there's no shame in printing your kids multiple coloring pages on like the cheapest setting possible. You just gave me a, like a flashback <laughs> of like the four years of my life I spent printing coloring pages. Like mom, yeah. will you print me a coloring page? Mom, will you print me a coloring page? Yes. Like, yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of come to an end, I will say, but yeah, yeah, yeah. no, that, that doesn't happen phase. for me anymore either. But man, that was like a, a thing for me for a long time. And I would actually always keep one that didn't have color on it so that when they asked me to print something, I didn't have to go find it again and reprint oh, it. I would good. just copy. Yeah. I would just run it was it always so the specific. Setting. Like, can you find a coloring yeah. page of this one type of Pokemon? Like, and then you'd yes. find it and it would be tiny. So like it, I, I uh, got really good at the yes. image search. Like it's gotta be large <laughs> size. Yeah. I've gotta be able, anyway. Okay. Oh my goodness. Diversion. Yeah. Um, another one is like, if you like heavier paper stock for, you know, things that need to look nice or just for your own personal projects or whatever, no shame there. Right. But do buy the cheapo paper. Yeah. And then don't forget to switch it out. Like have the cheap paper be the stuff that's in there as the default, or you can have the fancy printer with more than one. I don't currently have like the more than one paper drawer. Mine kind of has printer. a photo because I have a pretty good photo printer. So mine has two trays, but one is photo and one is regular. So I don't yeah. have two different like eight and a half by 11. I've had a, I've had printers before that had like three or more for home printers. So that was kind of wow. nice because then you could set the default yeah. to the cheap one. And then the other ones you have to go in and mindfully select, which is also great when kids start using the computer to print themselves, mm -hmm. like when they're independently doing that. Um, it's good that they don't get their grubby little hands on your good paper. <laughs> hands off the cardstock. Hands <laughs> off the cardstock. Because that stuff isn't cheap. But I actually, this is one area where I think that with some more organization, um, I could do a lot better. Things that tend to kind of end up sucking money out of my office area besides printing would be, oh, and like printing two-sided. That's something I sometimes forget to do, but that can save a lot of paper. But like for me, it's like leaving caps off of markers and pens mm. um, and they dry out or losing things. So I don't even know I have a book of stamps already. And so I go yes. out and buy another book of stamps, which eventually they'll get used. But still, why buy them if you don't need them? Things like that. So I think this is one of those areas where good organization could go a long way. So mm -hmm. that's something maybe I'll dive into this year. Yeah. In your new house? You? In my new house. Yeah. Um, so one specific tip, and this is more on kids, school supplies or art supplies or project supplies. Um, there is nothing worse than finding out you need a poster board for a project due tomorrow and then running out to like the only place that's open or the place that's five minutes away instead of farther away. Yeah. You don't even you don't have time to overnight ship because those poster boards will be fifteen dollars instead of like six for fifteen dollars. I don't know. And you how might the you might not even find the right size either. Oh, yeah. That's the thing we've run into a million times. There, yeah. there will be tears. Yep. So anyway, um, keeping a like some basic school project supplies purchased and then hidden or protected away, like not for use for everyday kid art, um, is a really good way to not have, to not have those last minute expenditures. Um, and you, where you source that, I really like Michael's because I, there's a lot of coupons, but I like staples too. You can order online. You can do like wherever you shop for that kind of thing, but, but do it ahead of time and have a little, like a little, it doesn't have to take up a ton of space, but some little hidden supply of some poster board, maybe some of those like poster letters or uh, washi tapes, things like that, that can come out um, for those school supply times that can save you a bunch of money. And then the other one that I need to do this a little bit better, um, but putting on your calendar or in your Todoist, something that's going to pop up and remind you for at least once a year to just do a software and subscriptions audit. We just mm. kind of did this with our 
CFO for the business of like, wait, what are we paying for? Like, what are these right. software subscriptions we're paying for? And you and I have laughed before about Adobe, like how we've like one time I was paying $25 a month, like $25 a month <laughs> to Adobe for like six months that I didn't yeah. need. And, and we all like, everybody's done it. And I know we're going to talk about that. You're going to talk about it with streaming services too, but software ones um, are tricky because you don't see them. It's not right. like the clutter you were talking about being organized and they're expensive and they're They're really they can drain you so um if that's something you might do with your spouse great your partner or just on your own but just have it on your calendar so that you don't have that nagging feeling in the back of your mind like what am i paying for again did i see that credit card charge just come through so just twice a year do one quick audit and just kill and cancel the ones you're not using anymore without shame we've all done it like we've, we've all wasted money in that area but rather than feel bad about it and let it continue happening for 18 months like I have, um, just put it on your calendar and do it twice a year like a grown-up. There you go. Well, I almost wonder, and that's a great tip, um, I'm almost wondering if there's a way to tie that with your other tip, Sarah, because, you know, even a sloppy couponing, I'm not I'm not a coupon master, um, and I very, I sort of just like dabble in true, what's the word, I, like discount shopping, where mm-hmm. I do like lean on CVS, extra bucks, and I'll talk about that in a little bit, but like, I don't, those are the kinds of things that with even a small amount of effort and planning, you can save a significant amount of money. Um, But if you don't do the planning, you actually will like kind of trip yourself up trying that Mm -hmm. method. So I'm wondering if there's a way to also do an audit of like your inventory Mm -hmm. so that you don't have to run out for that. Because otherwise, how do you know how many poster boards to have on hand or how many packs of the cheap printer paper to have on hand. Something about the planning for that can mm-hmm. be very mysterious if you don't know what you're using and have a and have a streamlined way of buying it so you know how much you bought. Because if you yeah. are buying all over town and you get six months in, how do you even know how much you used? You don't have any idea. Yeah. No, I think no. I think inventory is a fascinating thing. I think I think there are some people who are really, really good at it naturally. And then others of us, probably you and me both, who just kind of have like a little bit of a spidey sense, yeah. but no formal system. I have a friend whose husband spent, I don't know, a decade as a private chef, um, like a, like for, for a, a very wealthy family, whereas he was the, and his kitchen inventorying system, I'm like, oh my gosh, that is so fast. And now he just does it for their family. He doesn't, he doesn't work in that light of work anymore. But I just think people who have experience and little tricks and systems for any kind of inventory management is so cool. Fascinating. Well, and I, I will talk more about that kind of thing when, when we talk about the kitchen. But um, remember at the beginning of the pandemic, I did like a very detailed pantry inventory yeah. and it really helped me. I probably kept that up for six months or so until I realized that we weren't actually going to run out of pasta at the store. And then I kind of let go. It was but it was a different <laughs> apocalypse than you suspected. <laughs> yes, it was still exactly. the apocalypse. But <laughs> yes, the snack apocalypse, the apocalypse <laughs> snacks. That's what it was. They did get eaten and I didn't replenish them. But um, I think that the, what it taught me was that like, just knowing what is it like, even it didn't have to be quite as intense as I was, but just the process of putting eyes on everything yeah. helped me just make a lot better shopping choices and things got used up. So I think that could apply to pretty much any room in the house. Yeah, I agree. Okay. So let's move to the laundry room. First of all, let's just take a little quick side diversion. What kind of laundry room situation does your new house have? Because you have a pretty big laundry room in your current house, right? Yeah. And my new house, while it's nowhere near the size of my current house, also has a very strangely large laundry room Okay, with like a huge wall, like a huge like built-in wall closet situation and like lots of storage. Um, In this house, the laundry had been in the basement, which I've lived in lots of houses with laundry in the basement. I really hate it, mm-hmm. um, especially Michigan basements that tend to not have great stairs. And it just it's mm-hmm. not my favorite. Um, but there was an older woman who lived in the house and moved the laundry room upstairs and actually got rid of a bedroom and ma- turned it like a small bedroom, turned it into a laundry room. So when we first bought the house, I was like, well, this is kind of weird. Like this laundry room is really huge. Yeah. What am I? But now I'm like, I kind of like it. I don't feel like I need to change it anytime soon. So. That's a, I love that. that's yeah, it'll have lots of room for folding and spreading out. So I have never had a laundry room that you could, that is really a proper room. I, I guess mm. in my last house, you could walk just inside it and stand there to change the laundry, but there was no room for like, there was no counter or sink or any, like any 
room. And then my one now actually does have a little laundry sink and that's amazing. So I do think a laundry room sink is amazing, but there's no, it's literally like the size of two, like a washer dryer and a sink. You can hardly turn around. You can barely close the door. So, um, I had trouble with this area and it might just be because I've, I've never really had like a room that is really a laundry room. It's like basically the laundry station. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. A closet. Yeah. Um, They've mostly had doors that will close and that's nice. You can mute the sound a little bit, but um, nothing like those. And I, and same with like a mud room or anything like that, that, you know, I just haven't had. So how do you save money in the laundry room? And maybe that will spark some thoughts for me. Well, I mean, I don't really have a lot of great, um, a lot of the houses I've lived in have been rentals. So I haven't had a lot of control over things like high efficiency washers or like, I usually just have used the washer that I have, or I'm buying something pretty inexpensive because I know I'll be moving eventually anyway. So it's mostly been about the soap for me, um, and the, uh, water temperature. So I would say this is an area where I do lean in pretty heavily on my CVS extra bucks strategy. And this is one of those things. It doesn't have to be CVS. Like Walgreens has their own, um, a lot like our local, uh, supermarket Meyer chain. It's like the, it's kind of like our version of like a, like a regional target. Mm -hmm. And they've got their system. Like almost any place you shop will have a system that you can work. And you have to work the system the like a little bit sneaky. If you're a casual user, I actually think you kind of get taken a little bit because mm-hmm. you think you're saving money and you're not. But if you take a moment to look at the app, like so for me, I'll look at my CVS Extra Bucks app before I go, before I leave the house. I don't wait till I'm like in the parking lot because then I'd make bad choices. <laughs> and if I go in CVS, for some reason, I can never like use my phone in there. So I can't do anything at all. So I'll go through and see what the manufacturer coupons are, what I can, what I can make money back on. Cause a lot of times it's like, if you spend, um, $10 in this category, you'll get $5 extra bucks back, you know? So it's like, you have mm-hmm. to kind of work it, but you can stack those with the manufacturer coupons. And often you also can get like, if you're a pretty regular shopper, you'll just get like a random $10 off $50 coupon or something like mm-hmm. that. So you kind of have to, it's just a strategy and you have to kind of put a little time into it. This isn't like the old extreme couponing show where I'm spending hours clipping coupons. It's it's like five minutes. Um, but I do think, okay, so this week I can see that their store brand, um, you know, laundry soap is really inexpensive, especially if I spend $10, like I get, it's, it's like, I get a better deal. So just working that has been pretty great. And you want to kind of try to work multiple angles at once if you can. So I'm also looking at bathroom supplies. Do I need toilet paper? Do I need Mm -hmm. paper towels? Like all of those things all at once so that I can work all the angles at once. Um, the other, another thing that anybody can do is use less laundry soap than you think you need. Um, Mm -hmm. I have read kind of a lot of articles that state that like the, um, the amount the manufacturer is telling you to use is about double what you often need. And your clothes actually will retain the soap. Mm -hmm. So I've actually washed my clothes without laundry soap before. If I've run out, I might throw like a scoop of baking soda in Mm -hmm. or use vinegar in the rinse, but there's already soap in the fibers of your clothing. So you can get a good wash just by throwing them in the way they already are, unless it's like super stinky or like there's a really good reason that you would need soap. But actually the more, if you're overusing soap, your laundry gets dirty because it's Mm -hmm. got too much soap in the fibers and it's picking up more dirt and the dirt is sticking. So, Mm -hmm. um, using less is actually better than using too much. So that's a little tip. And again, like I really have leaned in on baking soda. Another thing I've done is if, when you get down to the bottom, uh, if you're using, um, bottled detergent Mm -hmm. and you get to the end of it, you can put a couple cups of water in there and switch it around and get at least one more use out of that. That makes sense. For sure. And then I guess the last thing for me is I wash almost everything on cold or cool or sometimes warm. Um, I don't really wash anything on hot. I would say when my kids were little and it was more likely there might be poop on something, mm-hmm. I might be more likely to, but it, you know, I don't want to get into like stains and things like that now, but also poop like literally cooks proteins into your clothes. So it's not necessarily better to throw something in on, <laughs> on hot just because it's poopy you actually might be now creating like forever poop. So just it's, it's, it's worthwhile to really do a little bit of research on fabrics and what like state, like stains fabrics and what 
the ideal water temperature actually is for the situation you're in because you probably don't have to use as much hot water as you are. Haven't we been saying for like six years that we just need to do an episode on stains and stain removal? I mean, we've touched on it. We did a cleaning products episode recently and we did one called the messes of motherhood or something. But I think it stops us short because you and I both have some stain removing tricks for certain things. But then I have a whole bunch of categories where I'm like, I don't know, man, like someone else is the expert on this. So. Maybe that's a 2022 opportunity there. Yeah. Get our contributors on board. We can also become experts ourselves, which is probably like, there's been times of my life I've known more and then I forget it. Yeah. And I'll be like, wait, now it's blood. What am I supposed to do about blood? And then I have to like (laughs) Google it or whatever. And sometimes I just forget. So yeah, that's a good idea. Well, I actually, I learned a ton from that because I didn't really, I couldn't think of money saving in the laundry room more. I think of things like time saving or like efficiency practices, but I'll just throw in that. I have been really happy with the um, detergent pods from Public Goods, who's a longtime show sponsor. I don't believe of this episode, but I'm a paying customer of those laundry pods and they're kind of cleaner, greener. And to your point, you just need one. The package will say like if it's a large load, use two. And I never need to use two, even when even when it's really dirty. And I just like that there's they're not scented like they're just really simple. Um, and then, yeah, I use cool or cold water for almost everything, too, unless I've done a really dirty cleaning job. Yeah, then I'll do the rags in hot water. But that's about it. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya, is back on the show today. And I just really love this company. Typical children's vitamins are basically candy in disguise. They're filled with two teaspoons of sugar, unhealthy chemicals and other gummy junk. Most parents don't really want their growing kids eating. That's why Haya, the pediatrician-approved, super-powered, chewable vitamin, was created. That's right, Megan. Haya fills in the most common gaps in modern kids' diets to provide the full-body nourishment they need. And Haya vitamins have a yummy taste kids love, too. So we were just talking to Katie on our team, Megan, and she was saying that when they get down toward the bottom of the Haya vitamin bottle, her boys are fighting over who gets the last one. Oh, I love it. And I also love that Katie can feel good about that, right? Haya is designed for kids of all ages and sent straight to your door. So parents never need to worry about running out. And we've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Okay, Sarah, so let's start in the living room slash family room. Again, this is kind of loose. This is a loose organization. So the rooms where you do the most hang in with the family, I think is really what we're going for here. Yeah. Well, it's funny. The very first tip that I have costs $0. So if you feel in need of a refresh and want to spend $0, I highly recommend rearranging your furniture. And I am a huge fan of rearranging furniture. I do it way more than the average person and it drives my husband crazy. Um, But it is one of the best ways to feel refreshed in your space. It forces you to do a deep clean because if you move a couch, you're going to find everything that was under that couch or you might find like And you'll find things you didn't know you had. Yeah, exactly. You get with this strategy, you save money and find more stuff. Um, So it has always just been my go-to for times of the year where I really want kind of a living room, family room freshen up, but I do not want or need to spend any money. Um, And it often will lead to, like I said, a deep clean or maybe an organization project. It's just so satisfying to me. Um, And it really truly can feel like a new room or a different space. And so before you, if you've got that itch and I know that home decor itch very well, where it's like something's not right, or I want something for the wall, or I want a new rug. 
just try rearranging furniture. The worst case scenario, you can put it back where you had it if it doesn't work. Yeah. So zero dollars and a, an instant refresh. Rearrange a your whole furniture. new space and possibly socks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And dust bunnies. <laughs> a lot of dust, dust bunnies. bunnies. I, always, I feel like every time I rearrange my furniture in my living room, I find things that the kids got in their stockings on Christmas morning. <laughs> and then and then they like it was they had it for such a short time that they never missed it mm-hmm. when it went missing. So they didn't even know that pack of gum existed. They never yeah. looked for it or whatever, that lip balm or some things yeah. like that. Candy sometimes. Um, well, okay, this is one that I'm going to share that's more about entertainment. And, and that's because nowadays, like my kids are older where they don't have toys. We don't use the living room for basically anything but hanging out and like watching movies, really. Yeah. That's kind of what it's there for for us now. And um, this one comes with a giant caveat. So just putting that warning out there. A lot these days, a lot of times when you buy something um, like, I don't know, I'm thinking like a a new cable package, a new phone service. Um, Sometimes when you buy things online, like just random things, sometimes you get a new credit card. Like there's all these different times when you will be offered free trials for cable channels, things like streaming, Showtime, Disney Plus, HBO, whatever, whatever it is, right? I will say that if you are very organized and strategic, you can really ride those free trials out. And I would also say that about like, if you're trying to make your, up your mind, whether you want Hulu or Netflix or, you know, one of the ones you're willing to pay for, but you don't want to pay for all of them. It's really like looking to see what shows are available mm-hmm. and what you actually want to watch. And then actually kind of budgeting how long it's going to take you to get through whatever mm-hmm. the thing is you want to watch. Very, very rarely do I end up with one streaming service. doesn't matter what it is or how good it is, where that's it, or that's all I ever want. Right. Um, often it's like, I really want Hulu for a little while, but then when I'm done with that show, I can let Hulu go for a bit and I can move into something else. Right. So again, if you can do like regular audits, um, you can ride out those free trials or you can stagger paid services in such a way that Mm -hmm. like you don't ever pay more than you meant to. Mm -hmm. Now, if you aren't in a place in life where you can do that right now, I don't recommend this strategy because you will yeah. pay a lot more money for subscriptions that you forgot existed. I will say I used my Capital One card to pay for something recently to put down as my card on a on a free trial. And Capital One sent me an email to remind me to shut up, like to oh. unsubscribe, which okay. I thought was really nice. So maybe that's something that different credit cards offer. I don't know. Um, but I guess just in general, let's just talk about streaming services and downloads, because I think this is one of those things where it's like, okay, maybe it's $3 to rent a movie on prime or something, or Mm -hmm. it's, you know, $10 a month for the streaming service. I always try to look at that in context of like what the trade-off is. Like, what would I otherwise be doing with that time? Um, how do my family and I use this thing right now? It is. So it's like, there's a huge range of what is like the acceptable cost and what saving money means within I'm putting that in big air quotes yes. um, or what budget, like how much that should take up in your budget. Because honestly, if you have like an HBO max subscription that makes cheap at home dates really easy, or mm-hmm. that makes life with like, you know, a nursing baby more pleasant mm-hmm. or whatever the thing is that you're paying for. If it's like that, plus you're doing a lot of things outside the house, then maybe it just becomes an expense and a drain that you don't need. So there's just a lot of like, you do this your way that comes with those things, but it's a really easy way to spend a lot, but it's also a great way that you can get a lot of value out of what you spend with a little forethought. I agree with that. And I um, was reminded of, we have a really good voices interview um, called, I think it's called living and spending your values or something with a certified financial planner um, from a couple of years ago. And that's just what it reminded me of when you were talking is like $10 a month is expensive if it's not something that you value or that it's not lining up with how you actually spend your time. Or it's an incredible investment if it's delivering you the thing that you need. So yes, I, I totally agree. And just transparently, as a family, we pay for a lot of streaming entertainment. We don't go to the movies. Uh, it is our main form of family entertainment. We don't do ad hoc rentals very often. We we subscribe to the st- all the streaming um, and we get a huge amount of value out of it. So that's an area where I we have not cut back, um, but there's other areas where we're not spending very much. So, yeah. Um, OK, back to, I think, decor, art, 
um, how we live in these spaces when I'm not watching TV, which is sometimes. Which just um, happens every now and then. <laughs> I feel like I'm a broken record here, but thrifting and secondhanding has been really a fun return for me to something that was always really fun for me as a younger adult. And then I got away from and now I'm super back into. But um, one area I have had a lot of luck thrifting and secondhanding is houseplants and planters, which I've gotten more into in the last couple of years. And plants can actually be expensive. And if you're experimenting with being more of a plant friendly home, um, it's also a little risky because sometimes they die or you don't take care of them well, you know, so it can be it can be expensive. And then to have a nice pot or planter for something to be in is that's a, it's a whole purchase. So I have gotten really, really good deals. It's usually people who are moving because people who are moving, it's really hard to pack up, like, say, a larger potted plant in a nice planter. And so many people are like, man, I'll just sell this for 20 bucks or whatever. So um, and that's another very affordable way to kind of spruce up the the look of your living space. Um, are you finding these like on Facebook Marketplace mm-hmm. or yeah, okay. Facebook Marketplace? Yeah. Um, so secondhand houseplants and often they're coming in the nice planter, right? So it's also saving you the work of doing the planting. Um, I have done a lot of secondhand art at thrift shops, um, or more affordable antique shops, not the like really ritzy antiques, but you know, where it it Mm. looks like, like an antique mall type place. Um, and same with decor. So just, just a reminder that if secondhand intimidates you, it's really just about starting to try and pick out Mm. something that you like. And if, if it doesn't kind of fit with the rest of your decor, but you feel proud that you, you know, tried something new with thrifting, it just starts small, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I think when we see like Instagram accounts that are all about thrifting and secondhand, it can be intimidating, like everything on Instagram, it can be intimidating because people do such a beautiful job of like curating that thrifted look. But like, really, it's just about starting with one piece, a dish or a planter or a framed piece of art. And if you like it, that's all that matters. Um, Can I just interject really quickly? I have also had luck purchasing um, like at a, like at a nice garden center, for example, the kind that has like the, like for fancy people, Mm -hmm. Um, they will sometimes have like end of season plants that are in the planter. The plant is dying, but it's so deeply discounted that you're getting the planter for the deal. Oh, that's a nice idea. So, yeah. And I've also seen the same with like, um, like close out ugly prints, but the frame, the values in the frame. So yeah. sometimes you can like get like you can kind of mm-hmm. get a twofer almost. You don't yeah. even want the, you don't want the plant or the art. You just want huh. the frame or the planter. Yes. I love that idea. Love it. Um, okay. And then my last thing, I think this is sort of an echo of what you talked about, or we talked about when we were talking about clothing and fast fashion and kind of having less. I just over the years have, have started to check my impulse to want to solve a furniture need quickly with a, um, attractively priced on trend item from, <laughs> and, and these are, I'm going to name the retailers because I really, truly love them. Wayfair, Overstock, Target, sometimes Costco or Ikea. So they do a really good job, right? Of being on trend, of being, you know, it's not going to fall apart tomorrow. It's going to be decent quality, but I, the, they do a really good job making it very easy to furnish a whole room or to convince yourself you need a new coffee table or a new media console under the TV. And every time I have curbed that urge and um, spent a little time looking maybe secondhand, waiting for an end of season sale at a retailer that is just a step up in terms of quality, like maybe it's going to last 25 years instead of five. I'm always happy that I did. So that's not, it's not to knock those those quick solutions. And I've lived both Scottsdale and where I lived in Orange County. Like I could drive out and buy like new furniture. I mean, I had that stuff, the the brick and mortar stores were all around me. And then of course the online is so man, Wayfair could have like a new rug to me tomorrow if I, and like a lot right. of different options. So could overstock. Um, but I think if we're talking about saving money, um, just being really clear about what's necessary and where those needs might be served. And then if, if those are your best options for this thing right now, then awesome. But I guess not defaulting to, to that yeah. option every time has saved me money. I have something to add to that. Um, when, especially when it's like a significant piece of furniture, like a sofa or a dining room table or something like that. I think it's also really helpful to keep an open mind. Um, you might have seen something like in a magazine or, or again, like on Wayfair's 
you know, homepage or something. You're like, I really like that look. And now I'm going to try to find that exact look. And you might find that the only place you can actually find that exact look is if you either spend a million dollars or buy it really cheap from like a fast mm-hmm. fashion place. So it's like you, you, you're super dialed in exact that you want might only exist at the at either end yeah. of this of the spectrum. Whereas if you're willing to do something that I know sounds terrible, but like go wander around a furniture store for a while yeah, and, t- and actually talk to the, I got the sofa that I got back in the fall. Um, I actually talked to the sales associate. I usually like have a, a wall around me when I go in those places, <laughs> like, nope, no, thanks. Don't need you. Like I'm so resentful when they approach me sometimes. And it, it's like, I'm walking around with like a sound barrier or something. Yeah. But this time I was like, okay, I'm overwhelmed. And I, ended up talking to this woman. She was fantastic. She helped me make sense of their pricing, which is hard mm-hmm. to do in a furniture store. Like it doesn't always make sense. And then I ended up with a floor model of a really nice sofa that I would never have thought I would want to spend as much as I did, but I, I really got a great deal on it yeah. and it was perfect. And I, if I had been like, well, maybe I'd want to spend half that, but I can only do it online. I don't think I would be as happy with what I wound up with. Yeah. I'm so glad you mentioned that. Cause I had wanted to say that too, about a brick and mortar locally owned furniture store, if you have something like that is for that exact reason is it's um, that maybe that middle place of not the highest end and not the affordable option. That's trying to knock off the highest end, but something sensibly in the middle. (laughs) Well, and then you go in places like that, they under, they, they know, like I wouldn't have known that I could get that floor model almost half off. I think I got like a 40% discount. It didn't say that anywhere on the floor. Like I wouldn't have had that information, but she said, oh, I can definitely get this knocked down for you. And then she could also say things like right now, there's like a big lag in delivery times. So if you buy from that brand, you're not going to get it till April. If you buy from that brand, it might be more like January. This was back in, I think, September. And then, but if you buy from this brand, you might get it like in in two weeks. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that's also really useful information to have because sometimes you really don't want to wait six months. So Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Well, I was going to take us outside in our hypothetical okay. tour. It's probably cold for you outside. It is. It's Michigan. rather cold outside. Yes. Okay. So um, this is, yeah. So my tip is don't, don't hire a snowplow. Just drive over your driveway a whole bunch of times till the snow is flat. <laughs> Have you seen that video <laughs> online that's circulating about the person who wears a unicorn blow up unicorn costume when they snowplow their driveway? really cute I don't think I have that's amazing yeah it's just like a feel-good one of those like feel-good memes that just makes people happy it makes everyone in the neighborhood happy because they just put on this inflatable unicorn and (laughs) snowplow their driveway um well okay so we'll briefly touch on garage and outdoors and anything that brings up mostly because I wanted to tell this little story about saving money um and I don't know if this is possible in every location and every water district I'm sure is very different but Brian um was looking at our water bill, which is very high, but we're still, we're in a drought. We're in a premium area of California. It's kind of hard to know, like, is this normal expensive or is there something wrong? And we've been in this house a little over a year, but he was able to talk to someone at the water district who came out and walked the property with us. And this is different. It's, I'm not talking about like landscapers or the people who installed our drip system and our landscaping, but the actual like water meter guy, or I think he's from the the local water district and identified some significant ways that we could reduce our water bill. And it was a free of charge, like just community service. So I don't know if that's possible everywhere, but it's the kind of adulting thing that like, I wouldn't have known that that was possible, except that we were like, huh, we, we need to talk to someone about this. And it was, it was, there was no, um, like there was no catch. It was just somebody yeah. to come out and educate us about why our water bill was the way it was and how we could drive it down. And it was hugely helpful. So well, let me, let me just interject. Cause I had a similar, but different situation. So maybe just like region to region, it might yeah. be different. I had a really high water bill late last summer and the city did send someone out to just like kind of troubleshoot with me. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, well, you know, is like, think about your house. Is there anything leaking? Blah, blah, blah. And then somehow they did check between the line, the water line in the house to make sure it wasn't there and it wasn't. Mm -hmm. So then I hired a plumber to come in and they did find a leak somewhere in the house. And then the city abated a bunch of my, or rebated a bunch of my water bill. All I had to do was send the plumber bill 
And I had no idea you could do that at all. Yeah. So I think I got like half off or something. I just remembered that when Brian did this walk with the water people here, they didn't discover a leak in our system, but they discovered a leak in the neighbor in where the water was going to the neighbors. Uh. And Brian was able to let our neighbor know like, Hey, you've got something going on. And he was able to save money. It was like a community service. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, and I don't know if like, that that's something where if your gas bill was unusually high or your electric bill, and that's like, I mean, we can talk about utilities all day. I don't think I have any great suggestions except for like put a sweater on and turn your heat down. Um, I mean, there's lots of things you could do. Like if you live in an old house, stuffing up cracks and things like that, but that would be like its own episode. But I do think that there are things, there are definitely ways to get it, depending your area, your utility company has resources for you that can Mm -hmm. help you manage your budget. And I think they're a little different in every community, but like here you can, um, you can like average your bill out all year. If it's a Mm -hmm. seasonal place where your electric's more at sometimes and your gas is more, sometimes there's ways to kind of get on a budget with that. So there's like lots of, it's like, you have to go to the people and ask for help. That's really what it is. Don't try to DIY everything. Like your water guy helped you out, but if you hadn't asked, you wouldn't know. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Anything else for you about outdoor garage we put garage question mark that I didn't think of any any Brian just spends money in the garage he just buys tools yeah so I, have, I have no help there yeah I like I thought about my garage and thought the only way to not the only way to save money in the garage is to stop buying things to put in it um, yeah. like, I, I don't know it's not a huge problem for me I guess for me and and this has been relatively easy for me because I live in a I live in a nice town but it's not like a fancy town and I live in a downtown area with a lot of old houses. Um, and, be, and when you have that, I think you get a real sense for like a diversity of the way people keep their yards. I don't live in the kind of neighborhood where everyone has like a super manicured yard. I think it would be harder in that case. But like you'll look across the street and it's like one person has a beautifully landscaped yard and another person just kind of has a city lot and their lawn's mowed and good enough. Right. So mm-hmm. I guess my money saving tip is I just don't care that much about what it looks like. I don't care more than I need to mm-hmm. unless I want it to look good because I it's like a hobby for me. For so, you. yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's been times I've spent a lot of time like working on my garden or whatever. And then the following year, I don't even put a potted plant out because I just am busy and I don't care. I just I, I just approach it with only the amount of effort that I care to put into it. Mm-hmm. And that is a way to save money because if you care about if you if you care about literally everything in your house and yard and garden and exterior and your paint and your you know the state of your railings equally you're going to spend a lot of money keeping that mm-hmm. up so mm-hmm. let some stuff go if you can yeah i think that's great advice well let's finish in the bathroom All where right. <laughs> there are lots of ways to both spend and save money um do you want to go first yeah i I'll, I'll just call back to the to the um comment I made earlier about like working your particular stores, um, bucks or rewards, Mm -hmm. but being, but be like loyal to one. I do think you get more value if you're loyal to one program that rather than jumping around, because it requires you to have like to develop a certain amount of purchasing power with one place Mm -hmm. and spending more in that one place will help. Um, another way is I'm not very particular about toilet paper. I'll just use whatever. I mean, I like, I have certain toilet papers that I like, but I don't go out of my way to buy them if another one mm-hmm. is on sale. And I think these days, generics and store brands have gotten so good that mm-hmm. it's not like the old days where it was like, I don't know, basically sandpaper or mm-hmm. Charmin's Ultra Ultra. It's like, you know, now there's a lot of pretty good options. Um, we talked on recently, I feel like we talked about making our own cleaners. Um, yeah, yeah, that's something where you can save money, um, or the refill kinds like public goods has where you can get the like concentrates. Mm -hmm. Those typically are less expensive generics, generic meds. Like there's Mm -hmm. really no difference in a bottle of generic, you know, ibuprofen, except they don't have sugar on them. Like Advil does. Um, I, I mentioned before using a little water in your laundry soap, Mm -hmm. you do the same with your shampoo or your body soap or gel. I mean, I just, there's so many little ways to save money in the bathroom because there's so many little things in the bathroom and there's so many products in the bathroom. So I don't know. What about you? Well, yeah, that's a perfect jumping off 
point because when I was thinking, I started by thinking about the opposite. When do I feel like I am maybe wasting money in the bathroom or mm-hmm. spending unnecessarily? And I can tell you when it's when I'm spending a lot of time um, leisurely walking the aisles of Target or <laughs> a nice CVS because I see things that I think, oh, I probably need more um, Q-tips. I think I need more Mm -hmm. conditioner. Oh, I think the kids might be low on those little flossers. The keyword being, I'm not really sure, because like to to our point from earlier in this episode, that inventory management is tricky and bad. There's so many little things you need in a bathroom that it's extra tricky. And also it's personal care. So like, I don't always keep track of when Brian needs more hair gel or the kids need more, you know, because we're each using these things personally. So a money-saving tip, I guess, from me is to not go down the aisles of a Target personal care section unless you have a specific list of things you know you're out of. Um, because I have definitely ended up with too much, too cluttered, and we all know that a cluttered bathroom, it's like a cluttered bathroom cabinet is kind of like a spice cupboard. It's like all of a sudden you have five <laughs> humans, but no coriander, and you swore you had coriander and you just saw it yesterday. So. Um, I think I have really tried to challenge myself to use what I have because with very few exceptions, I know we love to talk about our skincare. We love to talk about our hair care. It's fun to try different products, but there's almost no product that I would be like, oh, I am not going to use the rest of that because I have to have my such and such. So I really like, especially the last couple of years have tried to use what I have. So if I am out of face wash, I am not putting it on a list until I go down there into the recesses of the drawer and cabinet and find a face wash. And guess what? I almost always will. So I guess the money saving tip is to, to not go browsing at all. And then to use what you use, what you have and to really build a system where you know what you have. Yeah. Um, I, I could not agree more. And I think for me, organization is a big part of that too, because for me, the place where this plays out the worst is my makeup bags. I have like four different makeup bags. And typically the thing at the bottom of any makeup bag is broken and wrecked. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, it's like it's waste. And now it's, it's irreconcilable waste because I can't get that eyeshadow back. Mm -hmm. It's crushed at the bottom of the makeup bag. The toothpaste is not going back in the tube, (laughs) so to speak. Yeah, so to speak. So there's no way for me to fix that now because I was sloppy and I had stuff thrown in a bag for no good reason. And if I had put some more, if I'd bought less to begin with and then stopped cramming things in, then it, it would have worked better, you know? So yeah. Another just quick, really easy way that I save money in the bathroom is I wash my hair only twice a week. Now I used to be like an every second or third day, but I'm really in a routine now where I only wash my hair twice a week. And I was thinking like, wow, it took me a long time to run out of shampoo and conditioner. Well, duh. Like it's yeah. simple math. Like if you're washing your hair four times a week versus twice versus seven and not all hair types, like I get it. Like it's not, it's not a solution for everybody, but it saves a ton of money. And I've actually been able to kind of upgrade the shampoo that I do use because I don't go through it very fast. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, so much to say. And the funny thing is I now feel like I have all these other ideas popping into my head, but we'll just say those for another episode. And Next week, again, we're going to be talking about saving money in the kitchen because that definitely, I mean, food right now is one of those places where, like you said, did you believe the cost of a <laughs> pound of butter? Yeah. I mean, it's everywhere. And that's, I mean, food's getting really expensive. Um, yeah. And so we're going to talk about that in detail next Tuesday. Yes, we are. And we have an awesome blog post on the blog this week. Our contributor, Sarah Lindbergh. Um, just has a, an interest in personal finance and um, reads a lot about it. And she has rounded up a list of resources. A lot of them are Instagram follows, um, budget tips, and then a couple of apps and podcasts. And so if you are maybe newer to budgeting or just need a refresh in personal finance, it's a great list and, um, and, and hard-earned. Sarah follows all of these folks herself and reads these resources and was kind enough to round them up for us. So that's at the blog. We'll link it up in the show notes. Um, and then speaking of the blog, so Megan, remember like a few weeks ago when I challenged new listeners to write to me and tell me who they are and I would make them a yeah. playlist. Okay. So I think I said the first five new listeners who emailed me and I gave my personal email address and the first email came in. Well, I figured it out because she lives in the Netherlands. So this podcast comes out like everyone else was asleep and she listened and emailed me. Her name is Carly. Um, but I probably got five emails within 
I don't know, like 45 minutes of the episode dropping. It was crazy. And I've, I've gotten dozens and dozens of emails and I will not be able to make dozens and dozens of playlists. But what I am doing is those first five that I promised and maybe a couple more if I get on a roll. But every Friday, I'm putting together a custom playlist of episodes from our archives um, based on what that new listener is going through. So um, like stage of life, how many kids she has and like how old they are. And so Carly's playlist is up on the blog. And by the time that's as of this recording, by the time this episode airs, there will be another one up on the blog, too. And I think just I guess the idea is grouping some of our older episodes together by theme and stage of life is hopefully helping not just those new listeners, but maybe somebody else who is kind of in a similar stage. Well, I can't wait to check those out, Sarah. I think that is really cool. Um, And I'm excited for the people to get like their customized playlists. Well, we've also got an episode coming up on Friday that will be one of our voices interviews. So make sure you check back that. We'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Hey, everyone, we have a favor to ask. If you are an Apple Podcasts user, can you check really quickly to make sure you're still following the mom hour? Apple did one of their big software updates recently, and it changed a bunch of things about how you get the podcasts you're subscribed to. If Apple Podcasts is your podcast app of choice, all you have to do is find your way to our show page and then click the little plus sign or follow in the top right corner. Thanks so much. Sarah, I have been having just the best time making my new podcast, The Tease Made. I launched back in November, and so far I've covered topics like staying warm on cold winter walks, nurturing creativity, how to be a great host, and even Nordic secrets to loving winter. Well, you know I am fan number one of The Tease Made. It's got such a cozy vibe, and it seems like you've really hit your stride in covering topics like wellness, self-care, comforting rituals and routines, and home and family life. Just look for The Tease Made with Megan Francis wherever you get your podcasts, or head to theteasemade.com to find all the episodes. 